0: You've been hiding in the shadows way too long Hey, welcome to the Coming Out Late Podcast. I'm Robin, your host, and I'm a late bloomer just like you. We are a part of a rapidly growing, lesser known, or even talked about subset of the queer community. We're a tribe, if you will. And if you're anything like me, when I came out, I was confused, scared. I felt like I was going crazy and I felt all alone and had nobody to talk to. Not to worry, you've come to the right place. In the Coming Out Late podcast, you'll hear real, raw, and relatable coming out late stories. You'll be inspired, informed, and educated, and you'll definitely feel supported. And you can stop feeling like you're living someone else's life and start living your own. So welcome, you have found your tribe. And welcome to the Coming Out Late podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Coming Out Late Podcast. I am Robin, your host, and thank you so much for tuning in today and for sharing a part of your busy day with me. I really appreciate you listening. So last week, you heard part one of my conversation with Dawn Noble, former member of the Latter-day Saints religion, one of 13 children in her LDS home, and full-time queer relationship expert. Dawn shared with us her coming out journey beginning with her first crush on a girl, a neighbor at the age of eight, to trying to conform to LDS rules her family believed in, to also trying to fast the gay away for 40 days, to ultimately moving out of state to finally allow herself to pursue relationships with women. This week Dawn will share with us her training and firsthand experience as a graduate of the PAC method. A Psychobiological Approach to Couples Therapy, and how she uses her understanding of co-regulation, attachment theory, and trauma responses to, as she claims, help queer couples stay together forever. Oh, and please remember to listen all the way to the end so that you can catch the announcements for this week. Thank you! So let's roll the tape, shall we? Do you have a wedding date? You in know, mind?
1: we are pretty, pretty fresh two weeks in here being engaged, yeah. but oh. we, yeah, we're looking at September, like a fall wedding.
0: Cool. Yeah. Very cool.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm excited. Thank you. So let's dive into your career. So you were in labor and delivery for nine years, yep. but just wasn't doing it, but you were swimming <laughs> upstream. There you go. So you are now trained in pack therapy. Mm-hmm. And that is Psychobiological Approach to Couples Therapy. And tell us what that's about. How is it different from any other therapy?
1: Yeah, it is created and it really helps with the most difficult couples as far as crisis states that they can get in from the hardest to the easiest. So what happens is we have a history of unmet expectations of trauma, of hurts, Yep, And so we come into a relationship, and it's loaded. And when we see something in our partner that we love that reminds us of the last time we trusted someone or looked to someone and it didn't go so well, we get triggered, Mm -hmm. right? And the smallest thing can become World War II very quickly. And so I think it's great if and necessary to love your partner, but that doesn't matter to me when I'm working with a couple. If you don't feel safe and secure with mm. your partner, game over.
0: Yeah, very true. You can't have love without safety and security.
1: Yep, yep. A lot of I'll, one of the first questions I ask couples that I work with is, "Why are you together? Why do you choose each other?"
0: Wow.
1: The first answer is, "Oh, we love each other." Mm. Yeah, you know? but couples have to have a bigger purpose together. And so that's where I start. But so the work I do is eliminating the threat that's creating the disconnection within the relationship.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. and it may have nothing to do with the other person. It could have it could be the wiring of, of somebody and what they experienced throughout life.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's I mean what
0: some people call baggage. They're yes, bringing back
1: Yeah. And that's the piece that I show couples how to do. This is a huge piece. For any, sec- If you want to move from an insecure relationship into a secure one, you have to learn how to co-regulate with each other.
0: So Ooh, what does that what mean? What that
1: means is our brain actually heals faster with another person as opposed to by ourselves. So that trauma that you had, let me use this example. My fiance, Ash, she was cheated on in her previous relationship mm. and I didn't cheat on her. But she's coming into our relationship with that pain point, that wound, and she's looking for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Are you going to,
1: is this going to happen to me again? And so when that happens, when she like, if we're at a dinner party and she thinks someone's giving me more attention and it scares her, I can either challenge that and be like, what are you talking about? I wasn't looking at anybody like that. I would never do that. Which is going to activate that wound as opposed Mm -hmm. to co-regulating and helping her. I'm going to care for that. Absolutely, Ash. That, of course that's scary. What did yeah. you see that was so hard for you? What do yep. you need from me to feel safe tonight? Do you want to stay? Do you want to go? What would be best? Wow. Right? Wow. So at that point, I'm helping repair that part and bringing security in that space that wasn't there before. Yep. And so I show couples how to regulate together.
0: Now, that takes vulnerability, on both your parts, particularly, let's say, Ash, in this case, where she has shared with you that she's been cheated on, and that is a really mm-hmm. raw subject for her. Mm-hmm. And then I've known couples where one of the couple, one of the two women loves to flirt or loves to be flirted with, regardless mm-hmm. of what their what their partner, how they feel about it. That's not co-regulating, that's for sure. That won't
1: work. That, no. that, that is a one-person system where... Mm. I'm going to get my needs met. I'm going to do what's good for me. And then I'll show up for you. Mm. And and that creates that threat. And mm. so you have to, you enter into a relationship together where we take care of each other. We show up for each other. It's interdependent. And it's an agreement that we have that keeps the relationship safe.
0: Mm-hmm. And that is... I love that. Yeah. I love that a lot. Because I think vulnerability is so key to feeling close with someone, to keeping everything inside and not sharing your feelings, your emotions, whatever you feel vulnerable about doesn't create closeness. But then once you share that, you need to protect that with each other and care for it, nurture it and guard it, guard it. Don't let anybody come in and and upset that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I do, so I work with couples for eight weeks and I, I get them to fully commit and I, I commit to them and we radically change and move their relationship quickly from a in crisis or disconnected or worried, wondering if this is going to work, to secure connected where we can function even and wow. move in and out of conflict together. And part of that is creating agreements of, mm. around, are we monogamous? I get both partners to tell me why they think it's the best thing for them. So it has to be good for both people, right? Mm-hmm. If we make a decision that's only good for one person, then we get resentment. Yeah. So yep. what are the guardrails that are going to keep your relationship safe from wow. all the energy that would go to like worrying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You,
0: a, yeah. you don't have to worry anymore. I was going to say that yep. energy is exhausting. Yep. And when you're in that exhausted state of and worry you're not feeling safe. You're not feeling secure. So you're on the attack. You're waiting for that other shoe to drop. You're waiting for something bad to happen. Whereas if you're just bowling with those guardrails up, you don't have to worry about the ball going in the gutter. Absolutely. Yeah. And it could be more, you can be more present for your partner. Yep. And certainly reap in, in the benefits of that in terms of, Oh my gosh, it's just so much less stress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's completely, yeah. This model is the, I've looked at a lot of them and there's a lot of benefits to what are your love languages and different things like that. But ultimately what's maintainable is creating that safety and security. And that changes the relationship so fast.
0: Mm -hmm. I just
1: worked with a couple. They had been together for 20 years, lesbian couple. And they were struggling. And we had a really hard conversation on, are we moving forward with this or not? And within, I think, four weeks, their entire relationship has shifted. They said they don't ever feel like they've been this connected and this safe. Um, oh, my gosh. They said, we feel like we just got our best friend back.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's beautiful. That must feel great. What a career. It's powerful. And yeah. it's the couples
1: that choose, because I tell couples, I'm not a magic pill. I can show you what to do and it works, but if you have to show up moment by moment, not just Mm -hmm. in the sessions and do the work, if you can't commit to that, we can't work together. I'm very clear. I don't work with everybody, Mm. but the couples that do commit, it's amazing to see the changes.
0: Oh my gosh. And, and I love that you, it is a moment to moment thing, you know, whether you're working on yourself and you're not in a committed relationship or you're in a committed relationship, it is moment to moment. It's so easy to fall into these these traps of negative mindset or I guess when we feel scared or threatened and not secure, yeah. we lash out. We have resentments and then we lash out. But that's, be, you know, I, I have to say, when we spoke a few days ago, I didn't fully understand this, the, the therapy, but now I really get it. I really get, I love that idea of agreements and that's just, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, the goal is not to never fight. Right. So I tell couples, we connect, we disconnect and we repair. We have to know how to repair in a way Mm. that resentment doesn't stay. Mm -hmm. And so it's learning when you're activated, how do I take care of myself and my partner at the same time? Because we end up just taking care of ourselves and dropping our yes. partner, yeah. So that's where the agreements come in, you know. Like, hey, yeah. that's that's not what we do. Remember, come back over here.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. I'm I'm smiling mm-hmm. from ear to ear because huh. I'm going to tell this story, and it'll be the first time my girlfriend hears it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There was a there was an incident, and we have had very little friction between us mm-hmm. so far. But there was an incident where there was some friction she stated how she felt and I could tell that it was so bottled up in her because she's really a very gentle soul, you know, Mm. very, very gentle kind. And she didn't want to get to this point, but she did. She, she let herself get to this point. She shared with me how she felt and I immediately felt triggered. My first thought was, I feel like my ex-husband's talking to me because he was very critical, Mm -hmm. putting me down. She wasn't putting me down, but I, I, I absorbed the words that she was saying and in my own brain took it as criticism. Hmm. And I could feel it immediately. I got defensive and whatever. And I was kind of on my way out the door to go to the grocery store and I could tell she you know, it took everything in her power to tell me this because she's it's hard for her to be confrontational Hmm. and I know that. So I knew it took a lot for her. But I was worked up. I, I was like, okay. I know, is this her? Is this me? Is it her? So I called a coach friend of mine who I've been working with for a long time. He used to be a therapist, but he coaches me now and he helps me with my coaching career. And I spoke to him about it and he just nailed it. He said, this isn't her. This is your ADHD getting in the way. And you need to go back there and let her know, hey, I really appreciate you pointing this out to me. It's my ADHD. and while." it's very well known that people with ADHD are not crazy. What is known is that they drive other people crazy. Mm-hmm. And my behavior and my ADHD behavior in that moment drove her crazy to the point where she, you know, she just sort of had, had it, you know, she had had it. So, it, you know, it, it was so helpful to, to get this other perspective and to just realize, cause I, I knew that I, I wasn't it just didn't feel right in me how mm-hmm. angry I felt and the resentment. And I knew I was triggered by the way my ex husband treated me, but I didn't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to make it right with her. And before I left, she said, hey, you want to talk about it or do you need some more time? And I said, I need some more time to process this. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness, because I knew I wasn't in the right space to talk about it. And then I came back because I called him, you know, while I was out running errands. And I came back and, and I said what he told me to say. And it was, it felt right. It was like, yes, that's where I'm at. I'm sorry that I have ADHD and that I can drive you crazy with it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do better. And I, I appreciate you pointing it out to me. So, yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a respectful way to be, you know?
1: Yeah. So, with that scenario, what Uh-oh. I...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dawn, no, I, I hope if you can add something to it, please.
1: So, with that, within your relationship, I think it's great that you have friends that could f- help you move through that. What we want to do is, because we want to become experts on our partner where we mm. I know your wounds. I know your fears. And when you get triggered, I'm pretty aware of what's going on. And I know how to bring you relief. When you're in distress, I'm committed to bring you relief as soon as possible. Mm. And you found a way to care for yourself through another. Right? Right. As opposed to turning to your partner and knowing that she could manage, handle, and care for you in a way that would bring you relief. mm mm-hmm. It's right. Cause you are activated and you said, I felt so big.
0: Oh, it was very activated. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> One thing to keep in mind is the bigger or the bigger, the response, the older the wound. Ooh.
0: Okay. That's really good to know.
1: Right. So how big it feels is probably that it's quite old. And so learning as a couple, because as you two are, you know, starting to get closer and talk about a life together or, you know. Those are things you want to come together on is mm-hmm. how do I show up for you when you're triggered, when I'm upset with you and now you're triggered, how do I still show up for you and still hold that line? Yeah. So what I would say, but if you were bugging me, cause people are hard and difficult is Hey, these parts about you are driving me crazy, but <laughs> you know, and I know that you're, you're managing, you're trying to figure this out as best as you can, but I'm, I'm struggling with this. What would you need from me to help? How can we figure this out different? I would start there. You're going to get upset because it's going to feel critical. And then,
0: yeah, maybe. Yeah. Sounds, sounds very loving right now. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, I guess I don't know what she said, but if you got upset in that moment, I can still be irritable, irritated with you or frustrated with you, but I still, we agreed that we're going to take care of each other. So I'm going to stay and I'm going to find a way to bring you relief because if you lose, so
0: do I, Mm -hmm. if you're in distress, that's going to
1: make my life harder. And I don't want that. I want you to feel safe with me and I'm going to find a way to do that.
0: Right. Wow. That's awesome. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that what, the problem well i didn't i really didn't know that my problem was the adhd although i should have been able to figure it out because it it was over something stupid it's not that stupid my i i took forever to take my dog out for the first time in the day and she was hyper aware of that and Mm. was worried and concerned for him and saying are you ever going to take the dog out Mm -hmm. like you've been promising him for hours yeah. And it was killing her. And it was really hard for her. I know confrontation and having to say that was not easy. Yeah. But I heard, I just heard my ex husband giving me criticism. Oh. Not realizing that it was my ADHD that was driving her crazy.
1: So, in the future, how does she approach you in a way that it, there is something that she wants to talk to you about changing?
0: I right? don't know. I, we haven't, I don't think we talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so knowing
1: that's a trigger, like being criticized really was big for you because how you were treated in your past. So to become good yeah. at managing that, because the danger is that she'll stop bringing things up at all.
0: I know. I don't right? want that. And we happen. don't want right. that. So learning no. how
1: to do that and letting her in on what you think and you try, you practice new things, you know? Right.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting yeah. too, is when I came back Yeah, and I'm glad I took time good. Uh, because yeah, I was really glad I took time. When mm. I came back, I, I diffused mm. myself and shared with her mm. what what the therapist told me to say, yeah. and and I I owned it. I mean, I believed what what the what the issue within me yeah. was, yeah. and she was so relieved. I and mean, she mm. said, "Thank you so much." I was I was so afraid that you were feeling angry or hurt or whatever. And I said, "Well, I went through all those emotions, <laughs> mm. but I got to this point where I recognized that." this is triggering for you, my, my ADHD. And, and I know how upsetting and how crazy it can drive people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't live with each other. And so thank good, probably it's a good thing at this point till I get my ADHD under control. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, she was concerned how I would take it and how I would respond. And I was really glad that I took the time out and came back much more level-headed and, and understood why I was so triggered. Yeah. But we still need uh, to talk about when we trigger each other, how do we respond?
1: Yeah. How do we take care of each other? How do we repair Mm -hmm. within the relationship so that we don't pick up bad habits in the future?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good. Cool. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Dawn. Oh. (laughs) oh my gosh i think that's i think that's a great place to end unless you have anything else you want to bring up so uh, as dawn uh, sent me in her bio so whether you're just starting out in a new relationship or have been together for years she can talk about what makes queer relationships work and you saw it firsthand here people firsthand mm-hmm. and i forgot to write down on my piece of paper the link that you where can people find you where can
1: Yeah. I just, I use Instagram. I use Donna Noble, D-A-W-N-A-N-O-B-L-E. Yeah. Okay. And it's my business page. They can reach out to me. They can book a call or DM me and we
0: can start chatting. Cool. And all of her links will be in the show notes for the podcast and... You're the second Donna that I've met. I actually dated a Donna. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I was like, I am never going to meet another Donna again. And uh-huh. sure enough,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> that's pretty wild. <laughs> but it. I so appreciate the time that you took with us today and for explaining the really cool psychobiological approach to couples therapy. I love it, and I know who to call if I run into struggles again. Oh, anytime. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, and everybody. Mm, that was a good conversation. And I really appreciated her coming on and telling us a little bit about her coming out story last week and then diving deeper into how she uses the psychobiological approach to couples therapy to help queer couples feel safe and secure in their relationships so that they can stay together forever. Thank you for the work you're doing, Dawn. If you get value from listening to my weekly podcast, I invite you to please show your appreciation by buying me a virtual coffee. All you have to do is go to the website buymeacoffee.com forward slash Robin Douglas, R-O-B-I-N-D-O-U-G-L-A-S-S. I'd like to thank you all who have recently bought me a coffee or coffees as well as all of you who have purchased copies for me in the past. I really appreciate your support, and it does make a difference and means the world to Hugo and me. So thank you. Did you know I offer private one-on-one coaching? If you are struggling to make sense of and manage your coming-out-late journey, then I encourage you to send me an email and request information about my one-on-one coaching services. It really does make a big difference to have someone like myself who really understands what you're going through. Just email me at comingoutlater@gmail.com at gmail.com to request my coaching information sheet. Retreats. As far as the coming out late retreats go, the retreat schedule for 2024 is shaping up nicely. The purpose of my Coming Out Late Retreats is really to build community, make connections, and experience this newish-out gay life with a small, trusted group of queer women, all while having a ton of fun in the process. We are kicking off our Coming Out Late Retreats with a trip out to Portland, Oregon. Yay! We've been getting a huge amount of requests from people to come out to the Pacific Northwest, So here we come, and that's going to be in August. Then we travel back up to Up North Pride Festivities, which is taking place in Traverse City, Michigan, from September 25th to September 29th. And from there, we move on to Women's Week in Provincetown, Massachusetts, October 16th through the 20th. And... If you want to be put on the waiting list for any of these Coming Out Late Retreat locations, email me at comingoutlater at gmail.com, and you'll be put on the group email list. That's all I have for you for now, but in the meantime, be good, and if you can't be good, then at least be good at it, and remember, it's better late than never, because it's never too late. Carpe Vita, everyone. Seize life. If you're looking for your people, your community, and a safe place to learn and get answers to your questions, then come join the conversation. Come join us in our private Facebook group, Coming Out Late, because we all know it's better late than never, and it's never too late.